Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming. Um, welcome. This is the Emerald's annual ASU debate. My name is Sean Nguyen. I'm the ASU reporter for the Emerald, and I will be moderating today's debate between candidates for student body president and vice president. Hi everyone, my name is Kaylee. Um, I'm the Emerald's hiring and training director. Last year I was the ASU reporter. I'm helping out with time. Please do not call out with a boo. We want to remain this um, a respectful forum and we will ask you to leave if it's become a problem. And please try to hold your applause until the end of the candidates respond or rebuttal so everybody can hear. Um, before we get started, we just wanted to uh, acknowledge the Elections Board for um, all their help for sponsoring Costco Pizza, which everyone's going to be excited about. They're back there. Please maybe give them a hand if you feel like it. Um, and the Residence Hall Association, because they helped us book this awesome venue with space for everyone. Um, thank you both for helping us put the evening together. Um, and if anyone is live tweeting, the event, um, please remember to tag at Daily Emerald in your tweets. Okay, so we'll begin with the 30-second introduction from each vice president on the three slates. Um, please um, just don't note that the only VP for I'm with you vote is um, Zach Lesby because Natalie Fisher, um, candidate for external VP, is cannot make it to a debate today because she's running a Kai Omega debate. Um, sorry, chapter. Um, okay, so introduction. First up, we have Abel Serres. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Abel Serres. I use he and his pronouns. Um, so I'm involved on campus. I am a general member for Mesha, which is a Chicano Movimento on campus. I am club director for the Coalition Against Government Choicism. Second year uh, doing that. <laughs> Uh, board member for the Oxys, the Asian organization, and second year senator as well. Next up is Sophie Albanes. Next up is Sophie Albanes. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Sophie Albanes. I'm a junior um, majoring in women's and gender studies and minoring in nonprofit administration. Um, I use she, her, hers pronouns. Um, I currently am on the ASU executive as the sexual and mental health advocate, um, so I've been doing a lot of work in sexual violence prevention and education on campus. Um, I'm also the former editor-in-chief of The Siren Magazine, which is the only student-led feminist publication on this campus, um, and I'm currently the managing editor of that publication. I also sit on the um, University Committee Against Sexual and Gender-Based Violence. Thanks for being here. Hi, everyone. My name is Zach Lesby. Pronouns are he, him, his, and I uh, currently sit on Senate seat three for Programs Finance Committee. I'm the content editor of the Siren Feminist magazine here on campus. I'm historian for Delta Tau Delta Fraternity, and I am an RA on the gender equity floor. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, I think it's Tuesday today, to come here. Hi, everyone. My name is Tori Ganol. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am currently um, a junior here at the University of Oregon. I'm a journalism and public relations major and a theater arts minor. I am currently Panhellenic president, and last year I was president of my sorority, Delta Gamma. Um, and besides that, I am also a Duck Corps team lead for the Boys and Girls Club. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and listening to us. Hey, everybody. My name is Adam Scharf. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for spending the time on your uh, 
Tuesday afternoon to come speak to us. Um, my gender pronouns are he, him, and his. Uh, I'm currently a sophomore studying political science and public relations. Uh, I'm also in Alpha Epsilon Pi, serve as the civic engagement chair. Uh, I'm on the Interfraternity Council and am the vice president of recruitment. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for coming out to speak to us today. Introduction. Um, now we're going to start with some candidate specific questions. Candidates will go and the other, they introduce themselves. Sorry, I, okay. Um, the first question we start with Adam. Um, so, Adam, your, what little share have you had that you feel prepares you for the responsibility as the internal vice president? Thank you so much for the question. Um, so, yeah, as I spoke a little bit about before, uh, I've been a leadership, or I've been in leadership positions ever since I've uh, come to the school, and even before then, um, I've served uh, as, although I know it's not quite relevant, the uh, president of my student body in high school, and then moving in, I've served on the ASUO for the past year on the student rec center board as well. I forgot to mention that, um, and more so, it really just uh, my uh, interfraternity council vice president of recruitment, as well as within AEPI. Um, I've uh, consistently been a leader in everything I've been a part of. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really excited to make all of the positive changes that our campaign has been uh, speaking about uh, to the students on the school. So yeah, thank you. The next question go to Tori. Um, so Tori, though you have to serve on student government before, you have been a leader with uh, FSL. Um, what have you done as a president of the Penhalic Council to help you to make campus um, an inclusive and safe place for all students? Awesome, thank you for that question. Um, I've only been Panhellenic president for a term now, um, but we've worked really, really closely with the university and as well as each chapter to make sure that everyone is creating an inclusive, inclusive safe environment within their chapters. Um, as Panhellenic president, my main responsibility is to make sure that our members are safe and getting their right fraternity and sorority experience that they should get um, they should be having personal growth and feel like they are part of this community. And I feel like that we've really given that to them. Um, on top of that, we've also been working really um, closely with the university. Um, as you may have known, um, the external review came out today. So I've created a plan that includes a membership um, development plan as well as an accountability plan, which I'm actually working closely with Quinn, um, the presidential candidate of I'm with UO on. Um, and also just having those personal connections with the presidents and the members of our chapters, just making sure that they feel inclus inclusive in our community and safe is my main priority as Panhellenic president and what I hope to bring to the ASU as well to make sure that every student on this campus knows that it's there for a resource for them. So this is a question for Zach. So um, during fall term, you spoke of drafting a resolution to halt FSL expansion. Now you're running on a slate that endorsed by several fraternities and sororities. Does it in any way change your goals to curb FSL expansion? That's a really great question and what I was expecting. Um, as a fraternity man myself, my goals have always been precisely the same, which is to keep our campus as safe as possible and to ensure members of the Greek life community do not suffer from the statistics they currently do, where female-identified members of sorority suffer rates of sexual violence significantly more than women unassociated with Greek life. Um, Sophie and myself worked really hard on the resolution that only um, incorporated language from former resolutions passed by Senate bodies, 
and my views on Greek life were contingent today on um, the external review, and that uh, we waited to consult on before we worked on the resolution. And looking at the resolution, um, I believe administration is taking good steps in their recommendations, and my priority is to continue consulting with other leaders in Greek life, such as myself, to make sure that we make campus as safe as possible for everyone. And I think that requires a lot of communication, and my first priority is to reach out and have those discussions with Greek life leaders. Um, I spoke to both Zachary Retschler and Jason Selby, who came to the many meetings I set up um, to discuss uh, my resolution. And I hope that in the future, as we move forward with this resolution, I get to have more input from the leaders I reach out to, but unfortunately did not make contact. Thank you. So the next question is actually for Abel. Um, earlier this year, you attempted to create a Senate li liaison to, uh, position to make ASU Senate less intimidated for students. Is this something you're planning to pursue if elected vice president? And if so, can you outline the step you will take to make that happen? Uh, yeah, so earlier this year, I wanted to implement a transition within the Senate, the ACO Senate, to make uh, the space more inclusive. I released a survey personally to, to campus in general. I got a few responses. Many of them saying that they did not feel safe in Senate. They felt like their opinions didn't matter. Um, just like that it wasn't just like a welcoming environment in general. Um, I proposed this this position to the current ACO Senate twice. It got shot down twice. Um, and that was mostly, I feel like, due not to because of the, what the position entails, but mostly because of preparation. Um, it was just me really working on this position and I want to carry forward. That position is not one of our platform points for the duck squad, for our squad goals. And uh, we really wanted, like, it was a lot more difficult uh, just me working on that position by itself. With the whole campaign, with the whole executive working behind it, I think we could make it a possibility. And I've been, uh, I was in contact with Max Burns, who we wanted to reach out to the conflict resolution services, because they have students that are trained to do this kind of work, to remain neutral, uh, so that in case any conflict does arise in the CO Senate, they can kind of de-escalate that conflict or just make students feel more welcome in general, just knowing that somebody will be there to kind of like have it back in case they feel attacked or at any point during the, during the meetings. Thank you. So the last question go to Sophie. Um, um, so you have experience in the Committee of Sexual and Gender-Based Violence. What have you accomplished during that time that shaped your vision to increasing safety on campus? So I had the opportunity this past year when I've been on the ASU Executive to be um, included in some really incredible spaces where people talk really candidly about these issues that, like sexual assault, that um, historically we have not talked about. Um, and the biggest project I've been working on on the executive has been the creation of the Summit on Sexual Assault, or what um, we fondly call SOSA. Um, and the Summit on Sexual Assault is um, a meeting where um, all representatives from groups doing sexual violence prevention and education work on our campus can come together, be in the same space, um, express, the, talk about the projects that they're working on, and reach out for assistance from other groups um, to really encourage collaboration and a sense of community um, on this issue. Um, our campus does have a lot of really great groups that are working on it, but um, I do think there's a lot of fragmentation between them. Um, so that has been my main project, is really trying to facilitate a space where everybody can come together um, and talk about what they're working on and maybe even 
um, come up with a group project that we can all work on together. Um, and that's sort of been my main focus. Thanks. Thank you so much for all your response. Um, now we're gonna move on to slightly specific questions. And I want to—I just want to clarify that only one VP from each slate can respond to a question. So um, we are starting with Juan Oregon. Here's a question: Your campaign stress accessibility and affordability for students. But one organ has spent over double the amount of on its campaign than the other two slate combined, over fifteen thousand dollars. How will you address voters who might be skeptical of your because of this because of your campaign spending? First, can everyone hear me in the back? Is that fine? Perfect. Um, okay, again, thank you for the question. And uh, yeah, we have really, really been so enthused by the amount of support um, that our campaign has received. Um, we're really excited at how well our message is connecting to uh, students on this campus as well as local businesses. Um, and so yeah, we're I mean, absolutely ecstatic that we've received the, the support that we have um, when it comes to fundraising. And uh, to be able to spread our, uh, people believe in our message and believe in our message so, so much that they're willing to um, help us uh, spread it to the rest of the students on this campus. Um, and the students on this campus have really been excited by it as well. So yeah, we're really excited um, to bring Uber back to campus and to help lower the cost of textbooks um, and uh, yeah, continue spreading the messages that we have. And yeah, thank you so much for the question. Uh, I saw a little from Zach and Yeah, um, I just want to emphasize that most of the support that you were speaking of actually comes from members on your slate as listed in um, your release. And um, I think what real campaign spending looks like when in support of community really comes from the people who are actually involved on campus. And it comes from people who actually have a stake in these matters and not people who become constituents incidentally. And um, I think I would request a response from you as to how um, you expect voters to sit comfortably with $22,000 in campaign spending because I think you, you did not answer that part of the question. Right, as I stated, we have um, tons of local Eugene businesses uh, who have uh, contributed to our uh, campaign finances, which we're really excited about. Um, and I mean, I think that this really speaks to the testament of the leadership on this campaign, um, the fundraising ability, uh, the ability to go out into the community and engage the local community and have uh, these local businesses, um, you know, willing, so willing to support our cause and the messages that we're trying to spread. Um, so uh, yeah, again, I, I thank you for your question, but at the same time, it's really, really um, important to see the, uh, how engaged we've been able to, to get the Eugene community into our campaign and how uh, well they've bought into our message. So yeah, I mean, we're really excited by, by that. So I think the original question, and um, I think you didn't answer it really, was how we would expect low-income voters to be able to reconcile this huge amount of money um, raised for a campaign with um, the way that they're struggling to get by in college. And I think fundamentally, um, what the One Urban Campaign has shown is that it is not accessible to these students, um, especially with their main platform point, um, bringing Uber back. Um, Uber is wildly expensive um, if you do not have money to pay for a ride home. Um, it's not physically accessible, it's not wheelchair accessible, um, and 
just bottom line, it's not safe either. Their, their labor practices are um, exploited, and um, it, it's just not an accessible thing to bring to students. And, and <laughs> yeah, okay, I mean, student groups on this campus uh, need to fundraise to keep their student groups accessible to all students on this campus. Um, and uh, as I said before, we, um, I mean, the amount of fundraising and leadership by the One Oregon campaign has really been incredible. And, you know, we look to push that onto the different student groups on this campus, helping them um, fundraise and have the resources that they need to uh, succeed on this campus. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're really excited by the amount of support that we've received. So. I think I'm, I'm really disappointed with this response just because this is an extreme matter that students care about. $22,000 is the amount of a lot of students' tuition here, and that amount of fundraising is devastating. And the lack of an answer as to how students are supposed to cope with that and how students are supposed to understand is it's disappointing. Am I allowed to that? Yes, go ahead. I personally feel like I'm putting my by putting my money into my own campaign, I'm putting some, my money into something that I'm passionate about and I care about, and I think our leadership has really taken that on. And we really just want to see like our own funds. Like, we don't want to have to ask students who are already paying so much for tuition and so much for school to give more money to their campaign. And we would rather do it personally on our own burden and go out to the community and raise that money ourselves. And so I'm really proud of what we've done there, and I'm proud to give my own money to my own campaign um, and I would rather that go to people that I care about and things that I see care about um, and change that I want to see on this campus than other materialistic things. Um, the next question is for I'm with you all. This year ends your budget approval process and except for snacks. Based on your experience with PFC and which part of the process do you think needs improvement? How would you yeah. And how would you change them? Yeah, that's a really wonderful question, and I'm glad that you addressed it. This year was a definitely a challenging year for um, our Senate body in getting the budget approved, but it was also a really rewarding one. Um, Quinn, Natalie, and myself got to oversee a major increase in the Programs Finance Committee budget um, and see a lot more student programs funded that may in the past have not been able to access those funds. Um, I think the easiest method to improving the way um, budgets are run and how um, the Senate body ultimately approves them is to just increase more transparent communication between the finance committees. And that's something that Quinn and myself have spoken a lot about. Um, a lot of what was able to get done this year, despite the snacks, um, did come from a lot of really fantastic communication between committees like ACFC and Programs Finance Committee as well. Um, and I also think not walking out of Senate and being compliant with the rules um, and making sure that students are prioritizing these matters and not personal goals um, is another great way of making sure that we continue to grow our student programs and our contracts and other spending within our budget committees and a healthy manner. Thank you. Moving on to the squad, um, we would like to know more about your plan to establish a book entry in the what would it take to accomplish that? Is it feasible to you without increasing cost to students? So putting a food pantry in the new EMU is um, 
very much a feasible goal of the Black campaign. Um, it's actually something that we've been collaborating with student activist groups on campus to do already. Um, the Roar Center has been really great in working to secure a space for the food pantry. Um, and the ASU executive, which I am now a part of, has been working to secure um, the food for the pantry, um, working really closely with Food for Lane County in order to have the entire food pantry supplied so we don't have to charge students for the food that they're supposedly going to be getting for free later. Um, so this is a project that has really touched a lot of corners of campus. Um, it's something that a lot of students care about and a lot of students can benefit from. Um, and it's definitely something that we see happening um, ideally in fall of 2016, more realistically in winter of 2017 or spring of 2017. Um, so yeah, this is a project that we're really excited about and I think a lot of students can really get behind a food pantry where they can go in and get free foods so they don't have to choose between buying groceries or textbooks. So going back to one organ, the question is, um, the UPS city manager is set to sign on the proposal to allow Uber to resume operation in the city. Bringing Uber back is one of the main tenants on your platform. When telling students that one organ will accomplish something like that seems to be in the hands of city officials, what specific action are you committing to? Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, the uh, city council is a bureaucratic, you know, bureaucracy, and uh, like any bureaucracy, it uh, takes time, um, and we are not willing to risk the safety of students on this campus uh, through the bureaucratic process. So we're putting pressure on the city council through this direct referendum that our presidential candidate Zach has um, already put through, um, using the democratic process uh, to truly create results as soon as possible. Our goal as a campaign is to have Uber back on this campus in three months. Um, we're not willing to let it take any longer than that because every month that goes by without Uber on this campus is a month less safe. Uh, I saw it was exactly this. Three months is really unrealistic and I would not expect that. Um, the pressures that you have to put on city council are a lot more significant than I think they were estimated here. Um, in the meantime, I'm with you always committed to taking tangible steps to make sure students can get home safely. And the way we're looking to do that is to better coordinate and expand Safe Ride and DDS services that you already, in fact, pay quite a bit for. Um, every term, in fact. So instead of taking um, the student IV to potentially lobby city government, we want to invest in programs that are already here and make sure they work more effectively so that students can potentially use these services as if they were Uber. So I want to respond both to one organ and I'm with you. First of all, if we're talking about Uber in terms of safety, that's that's just not it's a logical fallacy. Um, Uber has had a lot of mishaps with attempted abductions, attempted sexual assaults, um, attempted murders. Um, it's simply not a safe service. And arguing that you're trying to improve safety for students um, by bringing a service that has been proven to not be safe back to campus um, is really perplexing to me. Um, secondly, I would like to respond to what Zach said about coordinating services between DDS and SafeRide. Um, this is something that Duck Squad has spoken to SafeRide leadership about, and the combination of SafeRide and DDS is something that a lot of uh, SafeRide leadership actually... Yes, yeah. I'd like to um, just clarify that combining services is not in our platform. The language I use is coordinating. 
So why don't you ensure that these bands are most effectively used? And we have the director of Safe Right, Karen Dobbins. He has endorsed us, um, and we've been working very closely with him to make sure we can continue to um, assess how we can better run these two programs, not necessarily as a combined unit, but as two individual programs that serve similar purposes and could better serve the student body when courting. When we asked the students what they wanted most, um, they wanted Uber, and that's why we're fighting for this. We're fighting for what students want on campus, and if that means that they want to pay for rides home, then that's what we're giving them. I honestly, with the people that I've spoken to, they felt so much safer with Uber on campus as a resource to them, so I'm willing to provide that to them as a student leader on this campus. Yes, I guess I guess it's still just um, really confusing why we are considering bringing in a third-party service um, that once again has been proven to be unsafe to our campus, and we could be expanding the services we already have, um, which is something that the Duck Squad is focusing on doing. We really want to have more safe ride bands and increase awareness of the safe ride services because one, it is safer, and two, um, it's it's a service run by students for students. It would create more student jobs.
if you have like no idea what's going on. So really, we want to like, increase the leadership, like the knowledge that you have from the leadership, which I know that um, Dave Carter has been working on uh, the past couple years. Um, and I believe that uh, Julie from the ACO is also working on creating new positions, um, like for like actual like, paid students to, to be doing this job, to kind of outreach to students, student groups, and leaders um, in order for them to be at, like have the question answered they may have uh, with that. Yeah, so on um, PFC this year, we saw a lot of student groups that unfortunately suffered from uh, poor leadership transitions, and in those effects, they lost a lot of spending that they could have utilized, so um, I'm really glad you brought up the PEEPS program that's coming. I'm with you, I was really excited um, for those prospects on campus so that students have better access to resources as to how to effectively run their organizations as well. So, so this is not really a response to what Zach said. I agree with what Zach said. Um, I just wanted to back up what Adele has been saying, as we mentioned earlier, about um, how challenging it can be to navigate um, certain ASCR spaces, like the Senate and budget hearings. Um, those can be really inaccessible spaces if you don't know the jargon, if you don't know like the ins and outs of the green tape notebook. Um, so it can be very difficult for students who um, are more rooted in grassroots organizing, which we, re we really feel is sort of the heart and soul of this campus, um, and don't know as much about, you know, budgeting or, um, like, okay. Yeah, sorry, I just went over a bell for a time. Any more for a bell? Yeah, and also, like, I thought, like, as an ACO senator, I've had the privilege to be at kind of these spaces. Uh, so I kind of like learned like these of how the PFC process works in, in general. I found like countless, countless uh, interactions with uh, student organizations, like hanging out in the Multicultural Center, for example, it has students like talking about the ACO and how they don't know like, what's going on. And I've been able to help them uh, with that process because of the knowledge they have through being an ACO Center. So kind of like making sure more people have access to knowledge because even like in the space of that and the like, organizing, people don't know what's going on and uh, we want to just be able to spread that knowledge. Yeah, um, our campaign has the most involvement from both Residents Housing Association and um, Residents Assistance, as well as residents on our campaign. And a lot of folks involved with our campaign, including Andrew Dunn, have been primary writers of resolutions passed with the ASUO to address these very issues. Um, we believe that um, focusing on student advocacy with administration and continuing the conversations we've already started with individuals like Robin Holmes at the administration level is one of the most effective steps. Um, it's in our platform and it's something all three of us are really passionate about and having the ability to consult with these individuals and making sure students aren't priced out due to terrible housing policy is something we are all very passionate about. Okay, I'm going to make this quick. I actually have to leave um, in a little bit. But um, yeah, as, as a member of that squad and just as a student, um, I personally am vehemently opposed to a mandatory livelong policy. It's just another way that this campus has become extremely inaccessible to low income students. Um, and if elected, that squad would do um, what we have done for a long time, which is hold administration accountable um, through grassroots organizing and through lobbying in Salem. Um, we are the only campaign running this election season that has experience lobbying in Salem, um, and 
we are willing to do the same sort of process with admin. Um, I personally have forced my way into the president's office before, um, and I will do it again, if not elected, to make sure that um, students aren't forced to live on campus because most of us can't afford it. Yeah, I'm, I just want to say I'm really excited that everyone up on the stage has the same views when it comes to this issue. Um, and uh, yeah, in terms of uh, what specific actions we'll take, uh, our campaign is really focused on being a real um, and true resource to the students. Um, and uh, we, we want to be that voice to the university. Uh, Tori and I have both met with Robin Holmes um, over three times in the past month. Um, and uh, we plan on continuing um, to have these conversations with administration to be sure that students' voices are actually heard. Um, yeah. One Oregon is really focused on working with the university instead of against, and I think that's something we all really pride ourselves in, is that we all already have such amazing relationships with the university, and we really hope to work on those um, and work with those to continue to just create a balance and accountability. Um, that doesn't feel like a forced um, relationship, but that feels like a friendly relationship where we can actually accomplish these things together. Uh, yeah, so I think it's great that we have these relationships with uh, administration. I think it's like crucial for us to mention like relationships with students. You know, to me, like we're not going to be like advocating for students that they don't even know what's going on, right? So you have to spread the knowledge to the student body so that they have like the incentive for them to want to be out there and like uh, advocate these issues themselves. Um, I think it's great, like I said, that we have relationships, and I think that's something that we get to work on definitely uh, that we continue to work on. But I think it's really like, necessary and crucial for us to involve the student body as well. All three campaigns promise to fight for free HIV and STI testing for students. Where will the funding come from if not incidentally? Yeah, so um, the, the incidental fee is probably the most likely way we are going to be able to do this. We are going to be working in conversation with departments like the um, counseling center, the um, Helping Counseling Center, Testing and Counseling Center, I'm sorry. Regardless, um, we believe that setting up a contract with them um, that renews every year rather than relying on student surplus funds is the only way we can ensure student safety and it's something that, of course, as I've said throughout tonight, we're all very passionate about because uh, making sure that that weight for student safety isn't placed on student shoulders is really important. Yeah, so uh, last year I sat on the Overreals Committee within the Senate. Um, and Joaquin Ramos, who is one of our um, organizers for the campaign, he submitted a proposal for free HIV testing for this year. Uh, of course, like the whole like, committee was in support of that and passed that. So I think we can look into other options. Within the ACO, I believe that talking to Will Irish and the Senator from last year, there have been some projects that did not go through all the way, so we might be able to get some money back from that. So that led to the like, price uh, on students and that's how we can kind of pull back some of the choices that did not be used in the past. Uh, I mean, I think it's just important to explore all options. Um, and I mean, I'm, uh, again, these are one of those issues that I think everyone up here agrees is very crucial um, to student safety and health on this campus. And so I'm just personally really excited that we have um, students up here who all have uh, similar views when it comes to uh, this issue. Um, and yeah, we're, we're really excited to um, you know explore all the options when it comes to this, both, both of what we here. Uh, so we're gonna get a public comment because we are running out of time. So we are going to invite people to come up if they would like us. Our mic situation is weird now. But um, every audience member can take 
30 seconds to ask a question. Yeah, um, we ask you to state your name and if you're on a slate, a slate, your slate affiliation. Um, we have the mic up here, and yeah, it is open for quick to be respectful. So my question is to uh, one Oregon quick little question from from your website and as well as talking about it today. You've talked about the idea of having a ballot initiative, right? And put pressure in quote put pressure on city council to allow Uber to come back. There's a huge problem with that, though. However, is that Uber decided to leave. City council neither forced them to leave nor excluded them from operating. So when you're telling people to bring back Uber, you're misleading people. So how do you reconcile with that? I'm Robbie. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't need to, okay. Um, we have been working really closely with a lot of people who are advocates for Uber, and Uber wants to come back to this campus. Uber is a business, they want to make money, um, and we understand that, and Eugene is one of actually the first college campuses where they tested their college platform, which is now super successful on several campuses across the country, um, especially when it comes to campus safety, and that's why we want it back. Um, because students feel that they are safer with Uber, and Uber wants that as well. Yeah, I'll allow two minutes of debate time on questions, so it's not first. Okay, great. Um, so if Uber really cared about student safety, then they would change some of their practices so that they could come back to Eugene. And you know, I would love to go on a lengthy tangent about that, but I think it's been it's been repeated quite a bit this evening that Uber services are not necessarily safe for students, and they have had a lot of issues in the past that no one seems to be addressing at this point from one Oregon. They just say that well, students want it. Well, that's, there's kind of a problem with that, like you were saying, Robbie. And I think that if Uber wants to come back to Eugene, maybe they should be working on their practices, you know, and along with you. Yeah. Yes, I think what Oregon said uh, <coughs> perfectly. Uber is a business. They are making money, right? They are for profit. Uh, say by BDS, not this, not, they're not going to charge students on top of whatever uh, for for like, per ride kind of thing. Um, people that don't have that kind of money, right? A consumer have to pick between eating or Uber. I'm going to choose eating, right? Because I have to survive. So ultimately, like Uber is a business. While say by BDS, we're just trying to like work into a stand or not. By bringing, by, wow, sorry. by bringing Uber back to campus, we can take the burden off of Safe Ride and DDS because right now there's our weights. And we want to take that burden off of them and allow them to thrive as student organizations when students are willing to pay for these rides to get home. Yeah, uh, one of the most important parts of our platform is SafeRide DDS expansion. And so in expanding the number of SafeRide DDS vans, as well as just generally working to potentially move costs of SafeRide DDS to admin, we're doing the same thing without potentially jeopardizing student lives and student safety by bringing an unsafe practice back. We're not necessarily opposed to Uber, but we want Uber to be able to successfully function as a safe business, as you very well pointed out. We can expand things we're already paying for in this. Okay, I'm gonna cut the Uber bit off so we can get to more questions. We're a couple minutes, like five minutes behind. Um, any more questions? Uh, 
Um, so I'm Todd Cowan. I'm a political columnist with the Emerald. And um, all three of your platform, all three of your slates have people that have experience in sexual assault groups and prevention awareness. And yet, only one of your platforms actually states sexual assault as something that it wishes to curb, um, and that is I'm with UO. Um, and so, um, I'm just interested as to how important sexual assault is to your platforms um, and how you wish to convey that to students specifically. And then also, um, should you be elected to office, how you plan to curb sexual assault, which is one of the largest problems that our uh, university has been facing as of late. Did anyone want to Okay, sorry, I missed it. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to, to let you know that we did address that quick that you got there, so thank you. And that's a tough question to take in 30 seconds, but I can say from experience the reason why I am involved in ASU is because of sexual assault prevention. I'm a survivor on this campus and I do not feel supported, and that is unacceptable. Quinn and Natalie and myself have worked through Programs Finance Committee and other initiatives on campus, as well as in the FSL community to make sure students don't suffer from this epidemic that colleges are facing. It is the core of our platform. We want to ensure that students are safe. We want to ensure we do that through programs and through initiatives that we find tangible and have successfully worked on already on campus. really a really really important issue that I am passionate about and that is partially why I'm a student leader in all the student clubs and organizations that I am and why I'm pursuing this opportunity because there's so much work to be done on this campus when it comes to sexual assault and I see that it can be done through the ASU and new programs and new amazing I mean uh, events can be formed where education is provided where students do feel supported I mean we can work with the counseling center we can work with student clubs to create these programs and events and I think that it's a really important issue as well. Yeah, um, so I don't know as far as I can see from experience, but um, like we have children in our slate. Uh, Sophie has been working on it. She's like, uh, like the Rob Brown Miss Ivy was one of the MCs for Take Up the Night my freshman year at um, this campus. Um, but I think the reason that we, I believe there was a job in the as part of the platform was that campus uh, safety and sexual assault should be kind of like, something that we should be working towards. Uh, we don't want to get like bogus by saying that we'll be doing this. We kind of think it should be implied that all all uh, ECO candidates should be working towards this. 